Hello, my beautiful hermits, and welcome to the Hermit Diaries. I'm Heather, your weirdo, introvert, alien human thing, and welcome to my feminist journey. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Heather MacReads. You can email me on heathermacreads at gmail.com. And if you feel like it's only if you're in the mood, you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or YouTube. So, let's finally talk about some feminism. Okay, I want to start from the beginning. Um, <laughs> like, you always hear of psychologists in the movies are always trying to reconnect things from the childhood because that's where um, everything, early child development is, is basically where your consciousness starts. You know, in your f- your current physical human body, that's that's where your ideas begin to grow and who you really are begins to develop. So I want to start from childhood. As a young child, I always idolized female characters in the movies I saw and the books that I read. The strong female lead always gave me hope and made me aspire to have big dreams and goals while still desiring having a loving partner and children of my own one day. Hermione Granger taught me that girls can be pretty and smart. Lisa Simpson taught me to stand up for myself and that some of my greatest friendships will be the ones with the books I read. And Leela Taranga taught me that it's okay to be bossy sometimes if it means getting the job done. I didn't have many male figures in my life growing up. I have one sister, and between my parents, I have five aunts. Leaving the only male figures in my family to be my dad, my grandfathers, uncles that walked in and out of our lives, and the cousins that I barely got to know. I was also in an all-girl Catholic school for nine years, making my ability... (laughs) To talk to the opposite sex still to this day, um, awkward. (laughs) Despite all this, I actually wouldn't have it any other way. You see, having all these female role models in my life growing up taught me to be an independent thinker, an aspiring creator, and also to not be codependent in a relationship. Maybe that's why... All of my relationships ended so quickly or or with a bitter taste in the mouth because I felt like they were starting to be a bit codependent with me. Like there was no individuality in the relationship. But despite all this, I still went through a phase in high school where I would gossip behind the backs of my classmates Something that is completely juvenile, but quote-unquote normal for a puberty-infused, mushy teenage brain. We all go through that stage in our lives where we feel like we have to fit in and 
sometimes the only way to be able to fit in is to no to be a mean bitch (laughs) which I don't think I was really that mean of a bitch but I'd always be like oh so so what do you think of her what do you think of her you know (laughs) it was also not until I was 22 that I switched over from being pro-life to pro-choice I was basically brainwashed into thinking that if you got pregnant that you should either a live with consequences because you know you're the one having sex so you should have to live with the baby as a punishment or b give the baby to someone in need i (laughs) i'm now not proud that i had these beliefs but i wasn't really taught that pro-choice is a healthy thing and you know that some women just simply didn't want to have kids and that's okay because this world is as crowded as it is already Uh, it was not until I started listening to a podcast called guys we fucked and I'm sorry mom and dad if you're listening to this having to listen to your baby girl listening to a podcast called guys we fucked but it's it's not that bad trust me it is an anti-slut shaming podcast which means that people speak openly about their about their sexuality and what they're into and that it's okay to have those feelings and in a couple of episodes they actually interviewed women who have had abortions and who are completely okay i mean they were okay they were living nothing happened to them personally maybe they were a little bit upset because it is a little bit of trauma but they were fine i mean they were carrying on normally they were still working and living the life they actually wanted. I mean, it was their choice to have these abortions. It was also then that I came to the realization that just because I personally wouldn't do something doesn't mean anyone else believes in the same thing. It was also at that moment that I truly discovered what it meant to be a feminist. A couple of months later, At the age of 23, I discovered many more feminist podcasts and I eventually started unfollowing toxic Instagram accounts and YouTube channels, you know, the ones that would promote an unrealistic body image, you know, those ones that go on crazy diets and exercise twice a day. Um, And I started following some of my favorite and uplifting woman that I looked up to like Cheryl Strayed and Emma Watson and you know all those badass women out there just being themselves and fighting for what they believe in. I also discovered Emma Watson's feminist book club of which I am currently still slowly collecting and catching up. I'm only about five books behind. I still need to order uh two even though in i think about two weeks um another one will be announced so there's about three more i need to order and it was also at the age of 23 
that I started confidently calling myself an intersectional feminist. Uh, which is pretty much a late bloomer. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I ever called myself a feminist, even though I was taught to not be so dependent on men and to not rely on them for everything. And that the only person that can make you happy is yourself. Uh, but let's go back to in intersectional feminism. An intersectional feminist is someone, and you can be man or woman, who believes in equal rights, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, race, culture, etc., etc. Feminism is not hating men, nor is it us women burning our bras. <laughs> as much as we want to, we don't. Many of us, you know, we, we like to wear underwear that makes us feel confident. Um, I personally basically live in cotton underwear and <laughs> sports bras. That's, that's because I, like, I feel most confident when I'm feeling comfortable. Feminism is finding the confidence in yourself. And someone, women, see that as wearing makeup and wearing sexy clothing. Or in my case, like I just mentioned, wearing little makeup as possible, maybe lipstick now and then. And wearing clothing that makes me feel comfortable. We should never feel ashamed for who we are. If someone is not hurting themselves or others then what gives you the authority to judge them? So what if that gorgeous woman is taking charge of her sexu sexuality? Or in my case, who cares if I don't feel a sexual attraction to someone without feeling connected with them on an emotional level first? And yes, there is a name for it. It's called being a demisexual. It took me a really long time to come to terms with that. But so what if I have little experience? And so what if all these years I have been focusing more on my studies and building a future career and learning to truly love myself first? RuPaul has this quote, which I absolutely adore, and that is, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? I'm going to say it again. If you... Don't love yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Powerful, eh? I'm <sighs> getting goosebumps now. I am planning to start a three-part series next week. Or maybe I'll take next week off. But soon I am planning on starting a three-part series on acceptance, including self-acceptance, and that could be body and personality, and also, you know, acceptance of others. That's also what feminism is, is, is that word, acceptance. I accept you for who you are. I accept that you are a little boy and you want to wear women's clothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I accept that you are bi-curious and you want to explore and explore your sexuality as a powerful thing so that's what the next series is going to be and 
I don't really want to spend a lot more time on it here. But just practice self-care. Be kind to yourself and learn to love people for who they are. Before I sign off, and I know this is going to be quite a short episode and I'm so sorry. Um, But before I sign off, I want to leave you with a whole massive list of recommendations. For if you want to start your own feminist journey or you just want to expand on your feminist media and book consumption, I have compiled a list in the description of the YouTube episode, the whole list of everything I'm going to list here in case you can't physically stop and write them down. But here we go. Let's start with the books. Basically, all of the books that are covered in Emma Watson's uh, feminist book club, I am currently reading the one called Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, which as a fan of mythology, philosophy and spirituality, I am really appreciating it. And my favorite of their books so far is Persepoli by Marjan Satrapi, uh, which is a childhood graphic memoir of an Iranian French woman. I don't even know if I mentioned the name of this book club. It's called Our Shared, Shel- uh, Our Shared Shelf and you can find it on Goodreads. They accept anyone and they've got a whole bunch of discussion forums so you can go back and forth discussing the books or anything that happens in the media or anything that's on your mind that you just want to they just want to purge in a healthy way um that's got to do with feminism or empowerment um i also recommend reading anything by maya angelou i enjoy uh, i know why the cage bird sings i think it's called her first memoir and Our Shared Shelf has also covered Mom and Me and Mom, which is also brilliant. Anything by Elizabeth Gilbert, I mean, Eat, Pray, Love is a p- brilliant story about self-discovery. And Big Magic will really inspire you to start your creative projects. Uh, Cheryl Strayed is one of my favorites. I... I am in love with her memoir, Wild, which I read in a day, and Tiny Beautiful Things, which I finished about a couple of weeks ago. It also made me cry. (laughs) I also thoroughly enjoyed both of Mindy Kaling's memoirs, Why Not Me, and Why Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Other Concerns. I Am Malala by Malala Yousafzai. Yusuf Zai. I'm sorry, I'm very bad with pronouncing names. Uh, one of the many reasons why I don't go into teaching. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I am Malala. Malala was that girl, that young 14-year-old girl that um, lived in Pakistan and the girls weren't allowed to go to school, so she, uh, she was part... She, organized for her and her friends to sneak into school and she got shot in the head and survived it by the Taliban. Small Great Things by Jodie Picoult, that's a very intense 
story about race and white supremacy that that book gave me all the feel the feels i mean so many goosebumps anything by philippa gregory basically um i love the other boiling girl i don't know if you consider her feminist but the way she writes about these women in those eras you know the medieval eras and a little bit later than that is ah oh, beautiful coconut by kapana matla and also chimamanda adichie ngozi anything by jane austen obviously same reason as philippa gregory the way she writes about these women is just inspiring the secret history of joan of arc by nancy goldstone the girl with the lower back tattoo by amy schumer which was hilarious a woman's education by jill kerr conway my invented country by isabella lende bossy pants by my favorites tina fey not that kind of girl by lena dunham she also has a brilliant podcast i don't know if she's going to get back to it cuz it's been about um almost 2 years now but that podcast also opened my eyes a lot and also the art of asking by amanda palmer and all these books are only the ones that are own and that I've read. There's a whole bunch that I've read from the library and borrowed from friends. And there's also um a whole bunch of great feminist literature out there, fiction and non-fiction depending on your tastes, and especially poetry if that's more your thing. Um I still have a shitload of feminist books that I haven't listed or photographed. because i haven't sunk in my brain into them yet including the feminine mystique which inspired the second wave feminism and was written by betty friedan next up is movies and series i'm not going to list every single feminist movie or series because then this podcast will be 4 hours long i am instead going to list my top 10 movies and then my top 10 series with strong female leads so for movies and documentaries i have number 1 hidden figures number 2 20th century woman number 3 she's beautiful when she's angry number 4 misrepresentation number 5 clueless number 6 mulan ah oh, sorry my cat's just She's just crying for some attention and shame my baby. She had an operation the other day. Okay. Number 7, fried green tomatoes. Number 8, 925. Number 9, Thelma and Louise. Number 10, The Color Purple. And for the series, my top 10 are number 1, Fifty Rock. Number 2, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Number 3, The Golden Girls. Number 4, Jane the Virgin. Number 5, Orange is the New Black. Number 6, Girls. Number 7, Grace and Frankie. Number 8, Fleabag. Number 9, Orphan Black. 
and number ten, The Handmaid's Tale, which I only watched, I think, last month. I really got into it. I know, I know, it took me a year. I know, I'm stupid. Okay. Lastly, I'm going to list the feminist podcast that I am currently listening to. Not including the ones that I have subscribed to, but barely listen. <laughs> Lucy, you also want to say hello? Also want to have a voice? Okay. These podcasts either use feminism as a brand or their sole purpose is to inspire young women or the host is just simply a feminist. So the ones I am listening to are Your Own Magic, which, um, oh, just, I am planning on doing a episode on the podcast I listen to. So these are just going to be listening. I'm going to explain them in a much deeper episode why I listen to them how they make me feel etc etc so so the ones I listen to that's of to inspire young women use feminism as a brand and all the host declares himself as a feminist or helps you connect with your divine feminine energy if you are into spirituality so these are Your Own Magic, Shakti Hour, Geo Sugars, Crazy Girl Fans, Falling in Love Montage, Head Cannon. Uh, they also previously did a podcast which I loved called Bros Watch PLL2, where they would pick apart and analyze every single episode of Pretty Little Liars. Uh, there's also Gilmore Guys, Feminist Folklore, Welcome to the Clambake. I am personally very much in love with their slogan, which is, it's the opposite of a sausage fest. Get it? Clambake, sausage fest. Feminist Crush, Anna Ferris is unqualified. Another round, Jenna and Julian, and guys, we fucked. Of course, there are plenty more feminist podcasts out there, especially since Trump was elected as the US president in 2016. You can find a whole bunch based on your taste, um, including my other podcast with my soul sister called Millennials of the Rainbow. You can subscribe to that on SoundCloud. Um, oh, and also some honorable mentions is the history checks it is also the one i previously mentioned woman of the hour and you know there's a whole bunch more google top feminist podcasts and you'll get a whole list and just go through and listen to whatever your soul wants to listen to Can you hear Khaleesi purring? I wonder if the mic can pick that up. Thank you so much for listening, my beautiful hermits. Let me know what your favorite feminist literature and media is by leaving a comment, emailing me, or DMing me on Instagram. 
I hope that you have a very fantastic week. I love you so much. Bye bye.